again. How are you? I hope well. I hope you are feeling good. Recognizing that this is the adventure we all were inevitably going to be on. We're in the thick of it. And we're okay. It's real. We feel raw. And we're okay. And the only way we're going to get through this is together. You know, as much as we need to quote unquote keep our distance and be smart about all of that, and of course the complexities of why and for how long and what's really right, it's on our minds. It's on, at least it's on mine. It might be on yours. Um, all these unknowns, we're going to weather it. We're going to be okay. We got it. And if you don't believe that, this conversation will help, okay? This is a conversation that is very appropriate for the times. Um, Jonathan Mercer, a couple of years back, you'll hear me kind of screw up the timeline for that a few times. A couple of years back, he opened Stack's co-working company here in Doylestown. John is, if you've never met him, he is a sweet, he's a sweet man. Um, he is a real sweetie, and that does not come without its... He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. He is in a general state of um, self-reflection and, and foc focusing on himself to keep himself healthy because... He can struggle. He gets into he he has very open as he openly admits in these conversations, this conversation, excuse me. It's a little strange to talk about how somebody who's so candid and 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 vulnerable and raw, uh, it's a little odd for me to identify for them in this how um, how their life is. and and Jonathan, again, real sweet. So kind and so, so gentle and and focused. Um, he is dealing with a lot of, as he would call it, mental health difficulties. Has dealt with and is dealing with. Okay, I said it there. Mental health difficulties. I don't know why that's such a taboo to just say. <laughs> the realities of needing to take care of one's mental health. That is the main focus that we, I think, get into. That's the main theme of this conversation. And of course, that's related to what we're all going through right now. For those of us who, and I'm putting myself into that category, are not, who are generally taking care of ourselves and have healthy or, or functioning immune systems and a generally very um, lifestyle-oriented way of taking care of ourselves as opposed to supplement or, you know, medicine or some kind of external fix. Our focus is generally lifestyle, 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 which is Jonathan's as well. Um, even for us, this can be challenging. This is challenging. And we're six weeks into whatever this is, this shift globally in our universe, our global civilization. This shift is, is huge, and we're in the midst of it. And all of us, I suspect, are feeling it. That's what it looks like to me. And this conversation will basically just be a little, I think this will be a little bit of a comfort for you in recognizing that all of us, we're in this together. 
So Jonathan's journey, we get really into it. Um, he's been all over. He lived in Australia for a while and worked for Johnson & Johnson. And eventually, of course, found himself here in Doylestown opening this beautiful place called Stax Coworking Company. Um, he's just a really good guy. I'm a big fan. And I think you will be too. My only disclaimer... We talk about poop a lot in the beginning. <laughs> we probably talk about poop throughout the whole thing, but for some reason, bowel movements came up a lot in the beginning. Um, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put a little spin on that. Your gut health and your mental health are directly related. Okay, I'm declaring that as a fact. There are plenty of doctors and, and medical people with uh, the appropriate credentials who would agree with me. It's not rocket science. We've as a species, we've known that for a long time. So even though we playfully and somewhat awkwardly talk about bowel movements and poop, I'm going to put a direct focus and spin on it to say that it's related to all things mental health. Okay? Your, ability, your capacity to, to play and to feel joy and to be, quote-unquote, in the moment and experience the awe and wonder of life is mirrored in the quality of your bowel movement. You can quote me on that. That's how we roll. All right. Have a good time. Thank you all. Talk soon. There's mine. Look at that. There's mine. All right. Oh, am I a little low? What you hear? Sure. Yeah, just make sure. And you don't have to wear these, but make sure you hear yeah, it nicely. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to wear these. A lot of people say they're not. And then they end up doing it. And then they end up doing it. Mm. See what you think. Let me know if it's too loud. No. You good? Yeah. Okay. Nah, I don't know if I want it. No. You don't have to have it. <laughs> no. Are you gonna? You're gonna wear yours? I like wearing it. Uh, I do. Yeah, I think none. I'm lit. Right, we're recording. Yeah. And the volume's good. I don't know. Is oh it? yeah. Well, you can't tell. Yeah. But you can. Not hear. a headphones guy. Let's just double check. Yours. Okay. I can listen. Don't leave them on though. No. Not comfortable. Let me see. Hello. Yeah. 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 I hear you well. You hear yeah. me well. Yeah. Totally. Okay. All right. You don't have to keep them on. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> no. Interrupts your flow? It does, yeah. Okay. You know, normally we're, we weren't wearing headphones at No-No's. No, we weren't. All right. Uh, maybe I'll take them off. No, that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, we'll see. I did it. I think I did it once without. Mm. Actually, the Stuff You Should Know guys, they don't wear headphones. Yeah. And they're one of the, the few that yeah. don't. Do you think it damages our ears? If it's too loud, obviously. It could, yeah, it could. Even at this volume. It would. Um, it might damage the authenticity. Oh, my. <laughs> of the experience, be, of the yeah, dialogue, of yeah, the interaction? Yeah, maybe less, less for you. I don't know. I got to look at you. Yeah. But I don't have to look at you. I guess I could look away. You don't have to look at me. No. Yeah. No. You can turn around. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Should we rearrange things? No, it's fine. I can. I can, I can <laughs> you want to go in it. another room? No, this is a great room. We're not leaving this room. This is um, a wonderful room. But, okay. All right. Let's just get into bowel movements. Let's just yep. do it right away. Yep. So I'm in. Bowel, it's one of this your. Is, it's just fitting that this is the, the second topic that we're talking about. Uh huh. What was the first? Two. Um, oh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All things that no knows you mean. Yes. Well, I guess that wasn't really a topic. But headphones was the first topic, right? Yeah. I well, would say. I'll give you my, I'll eventually come back to it 
more intentionally, but my takeaway from Nono's was obviously I want to talk about stacks, mm-hmm. but your your why about stacks was really intriguing, and obviously mm-hmm. everything about your your background and your experiences in Australia and how you your what we were talking about with regard to the medical mm-hmm. world, if you will, mm-hmm. the differences between the U.S. and Australia. Yeah. So we've got a we've got a framework, we've got a path here, but I think talking about bowel movements is the best place to start. Yeah. Because that's immediately what you thought of when I said movement. <laughs> Not immediately, but yeah, well, you can't help it. I think most people probably would think of that, but they wouldn't. No, would they, they would. Do you think that? I've never heard anyone say that. No, uh, it, I mean, movement is... You've the, never heard anyone say it because this is the stuff that's under the surface that people don't talk about, right? Right. Which is why I mm. like Russell's podcast, by the way. It's called Under the Skin. Okay. Anything that we're hiding, I, I yep. believe we need to be more honest about it anything yeah. that we're hiding or lying you said authenticity mm-hmm. all these great important values that are yep that we're relearning uh, a good quote about that about your secrets are your something i don't remember it but it's a councilman from new york city that's running for mayor in 2021 but basically that he's very transparent about everything uh openly gay um has depression anxiety alcoholism he's dealt with that and he's Totally open about it because if he hides it, that becomes his issues. Then you're right. Rather than hey, it's out there and it doesn't uh, it doesn't box him in. There are so, no skeletons in the closet if you just yeah exactly open the door and dump them all out. Yeah, and it's not even about people finding it out. It's more just about the 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 feeling of hiding stuff um, and not being authentic and, and true. So well, that's another great pun. Hiding mm-hmm. my one of my favorite and most influential professors back in college was one of my religion professors he wrote a book called hiding and Mm. it's so good and obviously very memorable for me looking at literally what we do without even knowing it to our hides our skin everything from Mm. hair and clothing and piercings and tattoos and then even more Mm -hmm. drastic like putting hooks in your body stuff that people do all for the sake of yeah getting to what's real Mm. And then obviously sometimes we're not even deliberately hiding from others or ourselves, but mm-hmm. it is happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we the more we do that without it being on purpose, it's it's dangerous. Yeah. Or at least causes a limitation, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the the quality of the connection mm-hmm. oh, with absolutely. oneself and with others, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever this... Uh, potential mayor's name is and we could obviously find that out easily but yeah. i'm glad to hear that mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's why i like it's not the same but pete mm-hmm. pete's the only one that i'm actually slightly excited about yeah yeah i'm not sure about any of them yet but i just heard something about him today though apparently there's a there, i don't know if it's a, a rumor or true but his he apparently edits his own wikipedia page under like a, an anonymous account. You think that's sneaky? I don't know. That that's taboo, or you're not supposed to edit your own Wikipedia page. Um, but what if there are lies on there? I don't know. You got to leave it to the editors, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't have my own Wikipedia page. But yeah. Well, we can change that. Yeah, I don't think I would create my own. Um, but his campaign has denied it. But there's a lot of hints of like pictures that only they would ha- he would have access to, the campaign would have access to, and facts and things about his um, schooling and different uh, things in his early life that only somebody either very close to him or himself. Um, hmm. 
Well, yeah. that would imply the potential for hiding things, yes. Yeah, but... Uh, I can't imagine what he'd have to hide. I don't know, yeah. But, yeah, just maybe he just wants to make sure... I, I, the first thing I heard about it was that he created it before he was notable person, right? And they would they kept denying it. Yeah. Um, and Streeling was his 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 name, his his Wikipedia name, Streeling. Which Streeling Streeling. Which is a reference to something in the Ulysses book of some some book that apparently he loves Streel is See, he likes James yeah. Joyce. That's even more. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. he, that just, I don't even, I'll skip the potential for editing. I just, yeah, the fact that he likes go. James Joyce <laughs> adds everything to mind. I guess no. he cares about his image, right? But I don't mind that, though. No, I, can't, I don't okay. begrudge him for that. No. Well, it seems smart, if especially if there's potentially something, some lie being said about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I think he curated it. Like from the beginning. Uh, okay. Which is hey, either way, that's fine. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'd... he has embarrassing information about his bowel movements. <laughs> Who doesn't though, right? I don't know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so fun to just be uh, honest about that. Yeah. 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 Which uh, I did not bring up for the record. What? Technically, about you did. The movement. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, you were saying all the different um, puns like with with. Movement, know, right? Say that Different one. applications, and I said, "Well, <laughs> the most important, which we don't discuss." <laughs> well, we are now. Now we are. Yeah, I mean, we the the royal we, right? Yeah. But um, no, it's important. It's an important thing. Um, Very. Should it be discussed? Does it need to be discussed? I think it would be better because people would be less stressed about it if you're in a meeting or if you're somewhere where it would be taboo to to leave. But if you have. A, digestive thing coming on or bowel movement yeah i would i would want you to be comfortable and go yeah if you need to um and if you need to tell me that i would rather you just say hey i gotta poop rather than i have an emergency or i have a call or because we all do it so the irony is that everybody does it but it's sounds like you're just around a lot of liars Maybe, maybe I'm around people that talk about poop. I'm, I'm really yeah. surrounded by poop talkers, by shit talkers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> surrounded. It's just yeah. everywhere I go. I'm surprised when people don't. <laughs> it's a shit storm. I, one of my best friends for Christmas, actually, probably four or five years ago, gave me a Christmas card, and yeah. obviously, again, quite memorable. Yeah. Um, as are many of the Christmas cards I've gotten, actually, but this one especially. And the front of it literally just says, thanks for being someone I can poop, shoop, share poop stories with. That's nice. Thanks for being yeah. someone I can share poop stories with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's like, oh, well, duh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a sign of intimacy. Yeah, I think with the people that are, you're close to and I'm close to, it's not something you don't talk about. But when, uh, with stra- not strangers isn't a good word to use, but just people you're not acquainted with, right? Or yeah, business acquaintances or whatever, colleagues, you know? People don't talk about that. Well, obviously, that relates to the hiding because we mm-hmm. don't want to talk about things that we see, we assume people are going to be uncomfortable with, and then we'll mm-hmm. get ostracized. And the feeling of embarrassment is in and of itself a catalyst for our own mm-hmm. self ostracization, if mm-hmm. that's a word. So, yeah, it's important not to catalyze that. Yeah, the limiting effect on oneself. Yeah. That being said, yeah, mm. not everybody wants to talk about it. No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, there's a lot of things that not everybody wants to talk about. So, Right. But even in the context of just like your 
obvious health we mm-hmm. have to talk about it and yeah. or it's smart to like we literally have a doctor of functional medicine here dr k dr k he gave Shout a talk at uh, stacks about what's up with my gut <clears throat> and you can't not talk about poop you there you have to there's a lot of shit talk uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right quick yes. little personal note i didn't know it's one of those things growing up that you take for granted or you don't yeah. realize and all that changed around 16 when my bubble burst. Um, yeah, and I can talk about that too Santa for what Paul's? it's worth. What? Santa was <laughs> Santa was 15. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, my mom, we called them BMs. And honestly, uh, I just didn't realize until probably later in life like that just like so many things. Oh, that's not what everybody says. No. Just absurd and a little silly but mm-hmm. i think my grandma called them bms <clears throat> yeah well yeah. i guess my mom's really old uh <laughs> your what is what is your exact background from like a cultural her- heritage standpoint I uh not 100 percent sure i know well so my mom um is from originally from jersey city born in jersey city her father was uh, uh the people of jersey jersey city, city people yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, grandfather's Russian Jewish background, maybe some. You I'm don't know sure. what percentage of all that jazz, though. Uh, well, yeah, more certain about mom's side. So, and, and then grandma was Irish Italian. Okay. So I'm one eighth Jewish from grandfather. Uh, question mark? <laughs> question mark? I think. Um, that you makes haven't sense. found out. Dad's side, not as sure. Dad was. He left. He's from Canada. Left home when he was. 12 or 13 um and had no family so growing up there was no dad family on my dad's side he thought he was 100 percent irish was he adoptive no he just he he, his mother died when he was young his he ended up living with his uncle who was abusive and yeah yeah, he left home very young um this was in vancouver i think um kind of made it on his own for a long time doing photography and things this is back he was born in 1939 yeah he was doing like family portraits and things when that was just like a new thing wow yeah your dad's yeah relatively older yeah so it must have been 50 is he 81 yet or no he passed away but he was 78 he passed away just i'm sorry to hear that yeah two years two two years ago two years ago yeah but yeah had no idea and actually last father's day I saw a lot of ads for 23andMe. I guess they do that a lot. And I actually had done a 23andMe in 2010 or 2011. I was working for Johnson & Johnson and there was like, they, yeah. I think, I don't know if J&J was a, an investor or what, but they came to speak at Johnson & Johnson in New Brunswick where I was and they gave us like a special for 99 bucks to, to get it done. And at that time it was like $400. So I did it and they had like no data. It was basically like, you're European. <laughs> okay um you're from there yeah over that way um but now that i looked in everything on my mom's side i looked back so i still had the account and everything everything on mom's side made sense the russian jewish the little bit of irish a little bit of italian actually not much irish but um but dad there was like minimal irish like i was maybe four percent irish but also just british yeah and it was all like uh eastern european uh, Russian Polish area, uh, so that makes more sense. He looked more like that than Irish, if right. that's anything. Um, 
Yeah, you basically have all of that in your face. It, yeah, it's, it's basically what you look like. Just thanks, yeah. Big thanks, thanks, yeah. You're a citizen of the world. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I was just surprised to see that, and um, it's changed St. Patty's Day for like me. Western <laughs> world, so to speak. Yeah. Speaking of Ulysses, you're citizen of the Western citizen, Civ. Yes. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Ulysses, but um, hard to read apparently. Is uh, it? Well, relatively complex. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm that mix. But yeah, from New Jersey originally. Jersey City. I was born. Not from Jersey. I was born in Woodbridge. But uh, family still has a flooring store in Jersey City. That was my grandfather's, now uncle. Um, so I did some time there, working there. The flooring store, Helpman. It's been there since 1909. Now, would you use the phrase, did some time with regard to J&J? &J? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good time. Good time, bad time. I mean, Did some time kind yeah. of suggests bad time. Yeah, yeah, I guess it, it would. Sort but of no, I did some time. It was all hardship. The, the time at Houtman was good, but I mean, did some time like everybody in the family kind of goes through there at some point. Family and close really? friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Summers, high school or college or weekends. Uh, but both my cousins are similar in age to me. They they work there. One still works there. Uh, Just because it's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, family business, right? <laughs> Oh, wait, you're mm. not talking about J&J. &J. You no. the other one. Sorry. No, help me. Like, why is everybody at J&J? Well, it's in New Jersey, too. That's, That's what I mean. A lot of people yeah. are at J&J, yeah. Just... Um, which does happen. A lot of interns of of their parents work for J&J. &J. But um, no, I, yeah, I did some time. I was in um, digital marketing and then procurement, contract negotiations, all kind of in IT. Then um, it was all good. I mean, it was all, for the most part, I didn't, I didn't love a lot of it, but it was a lot of good training, free training, and... Um, led me to Australia for a six-month assignment. All right, let's get chronological yeah, here. We're yeah, talking, okay. what year was that? I know we said it back in no I do 2014. not. 2014. And you're, let's get your age. I'm not. 32. Oh, okay. 32. Same more or less. So at that age, you yeah. were 26, 25? 26. 26. Okay. 26. Important time. Cool. Yep. 26, 27. Yeah, 26. All right, cool. So we're yeah. on Australia already. Yeah. Uh, we're there. Why the heck did you go to Australia, dude? Yeah, just came up. I was had been working on a project that was with a global team. and With J&J. With J&J, &J, okay. yeah. And one of the, um, the, the directors on that team, I was kind of the champion of the project, was based in Asia Pacific in Singapore, which in Asia Pacific, that region includes Australia, at least in J&J &J terms. And then... Um, he was at a... It's not its own region. Yeah. <laughs> um, it well, is yeah, on the risk board. Can, Why can't it be in J&J's board? <laughs> um, no, then um, we there was a global conference in New Brunswick. Okay. And I was there. And a guy from, that was based in Singapore, from New Zealand originally, was there. And he knew the New direct, Brunswick, New Jersey. What's that? In New Brunswick, New Jersey. Yeah, because yeah, I bet there's a New Brunswick in Australia, too. Uh, maybe. There's definitely a New Brunswick in Canada. Right. Um, but yeah, so we're in New Brunswick, which is headquarters for Johnson & Johnson. Um, and the director of procurement for Australia and New Zealand was there. And it just so happened that he had a maternity leave coming up on his team from one of his category managers in procurement that managed marketing. And it was known that I wanted international experience and marketing experience. And this director, Tim Schubert from New Zealand, based in Singapore, introduced me to John Wilson, director of Australia and New Zealand procurement. 
And he said, yeah, I've got a, it's going to be six months and we were just going to hire a contractor to backfill. But if we can finagle it and get you to get your, your manager to agree to have you come over, then why not do that instead? So you went and happened. Yeah. It took, that was in like May of 2014 and they had to do all the finances and everything. Everybody had to agree. And, um, then I didn't find out until like the last week of July that it was a go and my flight was then booked for the end of August. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. It was a few weeks and I was there. And then six months turned into two months in, they wanted me to stay forever. And I said, I wasn't sure, I wasn't ready yet. And then ended up um, taking six more months. And then with about two months left to go, I've interviewed for a an innovation job, innovation role in medical devices. That was a full-time role there and wasn't sure if I was going to get it. It was a great role on paper. And I got it and took it and decided that I was going to stay full-time, like permanent. And, and how many months or years later was it when you? About, about 10 months. Oh, okay. You were there yeah. for about a year. No, well, no. Well, I was 12, well, yeah, 12 months in the assignment and 10 months in the full-time role. Oh, wow. All right. And then stayed longer after that, um, after I quit. So I quit mm-hmm. 10 months in. A um, lot of different reasons, but. Uh, mental health was a big one. Yeah, we so talked that's about that. Getting yeah. into Nono's territory, or at least yeah. what we started talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I want to obviously get more into that. It mm-hmm. wasn't the main catalyst for wanting to talk, but certainly, mm. yeah, it's, intriguing well, it's catalyst for like what 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 brought me here and what brought me to Stacks, the co working space, and here is in back in the U.S. Back in the U.S., part of it, part of it, um, but more so into Stacks and co working. Um, but yeah, no, I'll go through the, the mental health story first. It was always, I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, depression, anxiety was always something for me. It was always there, whether I knew it or not, knew what it was or not back from when I probably as young as six, seven years old memories of, um, something that apparently is, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think I've read somewhere that. Um, is indicative of depression if you have fears that your parents are going to die. Um, I remember, I always remember that, like as a as a young kid. But so I don't know if that was the start of it or what. But um, yeah, just always in, in school. It really started coming up in high school. Anxiety was there, um, and then medication on and off, therapy on and off. Um, but really, at in the workplace, uh, in a corporate environment in particular, and I'm sure in, in a lot of other work environments wasn't something that was spoken of, probably less than bowel movements, actually. <laughs> but um, God forbid somebody found out that anxiety or depression and I was taking medication for it. Um, how could that affect my career trajectory or potential for promotions or if people wanted to be on the same team as me or just if they can trust me with a project or I think a lot of people felt felt that way. There's the, the stigma around that, um, especially with anything that's not spoken about. So it was always something. Um, then... In Australia, it was it became I think more of a challenge, um, just being so far from home, uh, and also had a, a neck condition at that time that was stemmed from an old football injury that I wasn't addressing, uh, and that was leading to a lack of sleep, um, pain, of course. Um, so yeah, anxiety was something more, and I eventually saw a good doctor there and got taken care of, but still had some pain and, and anxiety. So I ended up taking, going on medication for it. Um, and it was good. Things seemed okay. 
this was toward the end of my assignment, start of my full-time role, um, but was having side effects from that medication of uh, eventually, strangely, six months in of more anxiety, kind of like panic attacks type type stuff. Um, sweating was the main thing, like in the office for no, like somebody would uh, just come up to me in the lunch line and say, hey, what's up? And I would just get like that just panic and I would start sweating. Um, so it was odd and I never had that before. So um, decided to discontinue it. And within two weeks of discontinuing, this was in February of 2016, started feeling good, like really good, like super clear, like everything seemed clear and like things seemed brighter and like smelled better and like music sounded better and um, like I just felt like fuller and like more energy and um, didn't need to sleep as much and um, this went on for weeks and into a couple months and didn't realize that I was actually having a hypomanic episode or series of up and down so different than mania mania is maybe when you think you can fly off a building and you actually try it um, or you do a lot of stuff that really impacts your life hypomania is just below that where you're um it's not necessarily impacting your life as severely as mania would but yeah i decided um that corporate didn't make sense to me that job didn't make sense anymore and why was i i just felt kind of trapped in that um boundaries and and rules and and things started to kind of start to fade away i'm like why why do i why do we have to tuck our shirts in why do we have to like wear khakis why are we expected to do these all these kind of like these social constructs and so that started to kind of melt away in this in this state of mind and um with that i decided to quit and at, at points i was kind of clear at other points it was kind of a roller coaster i didn't know it was um found out after that it was actually a, a side effect of discontinuing this medication and a potential uh indicator of bipolar type two or type three type one whatever one of them but um but yeah, decided to quit. Uh, was really pushing the envelope at work toward the end there. I think the stress of kind of being in two minds of, uh, wait, I really do want to quit in the, on the one hand and I want to go do my own thing. But on the other hand, I want this job and I want to be able to stay in Australia and I like the people I work with for the most part. Um, and I like being here. Um, so it was kind of this this internal struggle, which I didn't really have much awareness of or control over. Um, it would just be kind of switching from day to day, hour to hour sometimes. Um, but at times in the office, like those boundaries and the politics would seem like too, too much. And I would um, not explode, but kind of start cursing at people or saying like, this is stupid, this is bullshit or something, right? Just, just non corporate behavior. Uh, and that got to a point where HR was notified and they said, Oh, sounds like something might be going on and you've already resigned. So how about these last three weeks of your tenure? You just don't come into the office and get some help. Um, but also don't talk to anybody from the office because we don't know what you might say or do. Um, so that was an intervention of sorts. And called my doctor that day and realized what had actually happened, um, what was still happening, and felt like I was in a pretty dark place after that, really, because I was cut off from 
the community that I knew, friends and a lot, most of my friends worked for the company that time and most of my friends in Australia, but wasn't allowed to speak to them. Otherwise there would, I would be violating my contract and the payout at the end and things. So, um, just felt kind of trapped. It was a pretty crappy place. Um, fortunately had other friends around that, that were there to help. Never got to a point where it was, uh, suicidal or attempted anything, but it was, I could definitely see how people can get to that point. Cause it was like a very deep, dark kind of hole. We were like, how am I going to get out of this? How is this going to change? Um, um, but yeah, started seeing counselor therapy. Um, ironically, the, the idea that I, I had a big idea that I was going to leave J and J to work on was kind of, um, coffee shop, cafe, counseling, coaching, was the idea, which um, was about connecting people. So kind of a, a marketplace to connect, which exists, right? Therapists with uh, with clients, with patients, people that, that want to talk. Um, but the idea was to do it in open, right? In public settings where not necessarily so everybody can hear, but just so it's not behind closed doors, which I, I feel like kind of perpetuates the stigma of... Of mental health and something that you can't can't talk about uh, or mental illness uh, or mental health conditions um so yeah the idea was to get it out there in the open uh, be the marketplace for that i really wanted to work on that but i just after this kind of crash and come down um it just was not in the right space for it so the idea was to stay at stay in australia but find another job to be sponsored because i wasn't a citizen but uh decided to come home travel for a while take some time off and that was in, yeah, middle of, uh, no, toward the end of 2016. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the mental health stuff and some of the story. Um, but yeah, that led to me wanting to go back to Australia, actually, after some soul searching. Um, partially to, to kind of confront everything. I felt like I hadn't really had closure on, on how I left. Um, I felt like I was kind of running away at that time from from the, the demons, if you can call them that, or like kind of the, the bad memories, tough times. Um, and was going to just look for another job when I got there, but had the inspiration to, um, it was actually a, an article um, that was on LinkedIn and with the Australian Financial Review, which is like Wall Street Journal um, in Australia. Uh, it was a article called The Outstanding 50, and it was a uh, 50... Uh, senior leaders in business who also happened to be LGBT. Um, and they, somebody, uh, there was a young young guy, 26 years old, Deloitte consultant uh, that decided to kind of pull that list together about re- really for the, the purpose of raising awareness and breaking down the stigma uh, and giving people the ability to talk about being LGBT and being themselves, bring themselves to, to work rather than the narrative around it was that these executives felt like they could be themselves on the weekends, but weekdays they couldn't be themselves um, in terms of their sexuality or even their personality in, in some regards. Um, so I, it really just resonated in terms of how I felt about mental health conditions in the workplace that friends knew, family knew. I talked to them about anxiety and depression, um, bipolar, uh, medication, um, therapy, but not at work. So I couldn't really be my authentic self, my full self at work. I thought, you know, there's really no mentors or role models that talk about that in the workplace. No senior leaders at that time. There's some celebrities that were out, right? Um, 
so I thought, okay, rather than just find another job, I'll start a little project, try to find some senior leaders and maybe get a feature or something published somewhere. And that's what I did when I got back to Australia. So, um, yeah, did that for a while. It was difficult. It was very different than finding LGBT leaders. The, the guy that actually started that, um, that outstanding 50 list, I spoke to him early on. When did you go back? Uh, I went back uh, January of 2017. 17. So you weren't away long. No, right? about four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, January 2017. Yeah, sorry. You mostly just traveled around the U.S. in between? Yeah, mostly around the U.S. Um, realized being in Australia that I hadn't seen a lot of the U.S., it's a big country. Um, it is a big country, yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that. It was definitely like a soul-searching trip. Um, then you went back. Then I went back. Then I went back, and this project kind of, it took off. It was difficult. Um, but this this guy that started, Andrew, who started the Outstanding 50. How did you find out about him? He was in, in that the, article? Yeah, through the article. I just reached out. And said, so, you were, mm. so you were just reading Australian I uh, think I just saw it on LinkedIn. Just saw it pop up. Oh, you said that. Yeah, okay. and that's what inspired me to, to rather than just find a job, I'll start this this initiative called we called it we called it Leading Minds. The Leading <laughs> Minds. Leading Minds. Yeah, it was the name of the project. Um, ultimately culminated in a, a feature in the Australian Financial Review. Again, they they were very supportive all throughout, and it was um, had found about fifteen senior leaders. We decided to focus on six, who were with um, the the big four accounting and consulting firms. So KPMG, EY, Ernst Young, um, PricewaterhouseCooper, and Deloitte. Uh, and they were all senior partners there, uh, each each one for their own respective firm. Um, but they were featured alongside each other in this journal, uh, or Australian Financial Review. Actually, their their leadership magazine called, called Boss Magazine. Um, and they were alongside each other, each of their own stories, just about how it had affected their career and how they worked with it and through it and the challenges and how they were open with it and how their companies were supportive. So it was really cool to have kind of um, sparked that and be, been the, the 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 catalyst for that, seeing senior leaders at a national level of competitive firms that were sharing their stories alongside each other, kind of rising above the competition, saying, you know, this is this is bigger than than our our, our uh, you know, infighting or, or fighting against each other, you know? Um, so yeah, that was a big project. That was a big project. Um, then what happened then? Oh, then my dad was sick back mm. in New Jersey, pretty sudden. Um, and came home with cancer. Uh, he hadn't just hadn't seen doctors in who knows how long. Uh, and then within 10 days he passed away. So, Shit. yeah, I found myself back here. He had some properties and decided to fix those up, get them rented out, rental properties, and kind of my grieving process in a way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you moved back because your dad got, you found yeah, out. Yeah. Your dad found out. You found out. Uh-huh. Came back because he was in the hospital and he couldn't speak. Um, wow. So that was, yeah, then copped on the flight the next day in July, end of July of twenty. 2017. We were in 17. Uh-huh, 2017. And yeah, you said it was just like yeah. two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Yep, 2017. And wow. yeah, 10 days passed away. And yeah, I was a only child. Parents divorced. Um, he had no family on his side. So it was kind of the sole beneficiary of, of his estate, for better or worse. And 
decided to kind of turn it around. At least what was well, I mean, it was in his properties were in disrepair uh, because he was not well for so long. It wasn't confronting it and did a lot of the work on his own. Um, so yeah, fixed them up. That was my grieving process along the way. Still running the project in in Australia. Uh, shoes are coming off. Happen. I'm taking mine Told off. Told you it might happen. Uh, taking mine off. Well, we're getting into the nitty gritty. Get into it. Yeah. Hope I'm not talking too much. Am I talking too much? Not at all. No? I hope. No, I'm proud of myself though for not interrupting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you opened me up too. You made me. You get comfortable, right? That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I've been manipulated. <laughs> yeah, it's the no. it's the sage it's, in the Palo Santo. It, it, it works. And it this, works. This rock telling yeah. you that you rock. <laughs> and this beautiful little sycamore bark thing, which was, I didn't, I that came cool. completely. Yeah, it is. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. It was birch on the, this one? Oh, I thought you might be right. It's this not like sycamore. Birch. That's birch. That's yeah. not sycamore. That's all right. Because I'm so in touch with nature. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I was home, did that, met uh, someone who was dating um, who happened to be from Doylestown. Aha. Uh-huh. And I was about an hour and a half away in Woodbridge, New Jersey, where I was, where the property was. And um, so I was spending some time in Doylestown and still running this project in Australia. We're not going to name this person. No, we don't have to. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, you're not we, still dating. Not still dating. Okay. No, we were together for six six months. It was nice. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, needed a place to sit and do some work whenever I was here, and really didn't want just an office, right? Really wanted to be around other people that were working on cool things and have that community. Uh, and there was no. I was looking to naturally look for a co working space, and that did not exist in 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 or really around Doylestown. So had you mm. found one in Australia though? No, ironically. I had been into some. I've like tried them out, but I resisted joining because I thought, like a lot of people think, like yeah, I'll just work from home, work from coffee shop sometimes. I got a nice office at Sydney. I had a water view, um, but I, I didn't realize until later that it was not good for my mental health. Working alone, working from home, I would co-work with friends sometimes. We would go to a coffee shop. Other friends that were freelancers or remote workers and we would kind of sit together um but yeah it was definitely isolated at home and that was not good for my mental health not good for anxiety not good for the project either that i was working on because i mean if if you're by yourself all the time the only ideas you're going to have are from yourself or what you read right or the only connections you're going to have is yourself or if I reach out to people and cold call people, right, or email people. Um, but if you're in a co-working space or some environment where there's other people and kind of that collision and people bumping into each other, you say, yeah, I'm working on this mental health project. And somebody might say, oh, you know, that's so cool. Tell me more and you should talk to this person or talk to that person. So that in-person interaction is important um, for for your business, for your project, um, but just for yourself, for your personal well-being as well, uh, for me at least. Um and that is exactly the main thing I took away from our mm. conversation at Nonos. But before going further into yeah. that, because it's it's so juicy and there's so <laughs> much to that. Well, yeah. it's it's a I think it's a fundamental part of your why. Mm. I, I think for everything, that's my perception mm-hmm. at this point. But certainly for stacks, and yeah, I'm just gonna sound mm. knowingly ignorant. I didn't think 
I don't think in 2018, certainly not 2017, that I even knew what the concept of co-working was. So yeah, really. I'm hoping I'm not alone in that. So how did you even know about that as a, and other than maybe like a joke in Portlandia, I don't think I ever. No, you know, I remember hearing about WeWork actually, and that's how a lot of people have heard about it. WeWork, yeah. the big, the, they've had their their rise and their recent I was fall. in my respective rock or under my respective rock or something. Yeah, I guess you were. You introduced the concept to me, man. You did? I really? Yeah. Wow. 100%. No, I, I just hear, remember hearing in the media about WeWork in, I think, 2014, and that's when they were on their rise. So WeWork is um, probably the, the best known uh, chain. I don't know if it's a chain or if you call it a chain, but just co-working business. They have over 200 locations, I think, maybe more than that now. Um they raised a lot of VC funding and grew very fast, but were burning through cash and mm. not making, not earning, not making money. Um, but I remember, yeah, I remember reading about the concept in 2014. And at that time, it was kind of presented as just a, a real estate play, um, which I think it it's kind of still is seen as, especially with WeWork kind of having their failed IPO and, and their challenges. And um, But yeah, it was just kind of the thought was, yeah, you take you lease a big space and you chop it up into just smaller offices and desks and then you lease those out for hire. Um, but I guess maybe that's why I didn't join early on, didn't look at a co-working space. or I, I looked at them but didn't join. The cost too was something. I said, oh, I could spend this on something else, right? Um, but really didn't appreciate that that impact, that not being around other people um, that you can interact with and socialize with. Because you go to a coffee shop, or a library or anywhere, it's not really the expectation is that you keep to yourself. You don't talk to other people uh, other than ordering your coffee. Um, so, um, yeah, the concept really, I, I think, I think WeWork tried this. I think they went a little too far on the kind of spirituality piece of it and the the, this, the energy of we and different things that they spoke about, especially in, in their, like, their IPO filing. Hmm. Um but it really is a, the, the product, I think, is the community that you're connecting. Um, not sure if a co-working space is the best way or the only way to do that. Um, so I have some other ideas of, of things to work on in the future on that. But but basically... Best uh, way to do what specifically? To, the, to, so what I hear from a lot from a lot of people, most of our members, when they come in, is that they're just going crazy at home. Right, they just maybe their partner works uh, from an office and they're gone all day, right? And they mm. get home to a partner who works from home all day. The partner who works from home all day wants to go out, mm. and the partner who just got home wants to stay in. Mm. Um, there's some couples that both work from home and they just can't be around each other 24/7. Just like I think, imagine most people wouldn't want to be around each other 24/7. It's probably not healthy, right? Mm. Um, then, but a lot of people are just saying, yeah, no, I just going crazy in my own house. I mean, I have meetings and calls and things, but so I talk to people, but I'm just, I'm just alone, right? At the end of the day, or there's distraction, right? There's people have distractions at home. Um, and at the end of the day, it's hard to shut off, right? Switch off when you're in the same space. Um, uh, a lot of our, uh, most of our members actually just do like one day a week where they come in. Um, so it's really, what's the best way from a, a, a bit viable business standpoint too, or the most viable business to, to best solve that need that people have. Um, well, mm. all right, but let's, yeah. let's be really clear about the need. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, first off, yeah. yes, I love that you were able to just walk us through 
at least the last, obviously, five years there, or four and a half, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. Sure. That was very helpful. And it, yeah. you saw I took relatively copious notes. It's a lot for me. You I did. usually don't. Really? Okay. No, it's not necessary. No, no. It's just that there's so much. And I'm especially interested in what you just said about the need and the mm-hmm. why. And mm-hmm. I think there's extremely, I don't assume everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Not a, Obviously not your yep. personal journey and not yep. how important that is, but your motivations for catalyzing a space where yep. people can literally commune, but in a, the context of quote unquote working. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the why there. What are the needs being met? Because I think that's pretty damn important. It's yeah. obviously important for so many reasons, like you yep. said about mental health, the reality of excessive individuation, which relates to how I'm going to okay. eventually get into the one million cups thing with you. Okay. Um, yeah. But there's a deeper, juicier need, I think, that you're per, uh, fulfilling mm-hmm. or that the the literal product does fulfill. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now we're ready to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's different for different people. And I think it comes down to kind of just proximity to others and being around others that you have a, a meaningful kind of interaction with, right? Um, versus just being in a place around other people, like a, like a coffee shop or a library. This is a, a space, stacks or a lot of co-working spaces are places where you get to know the people you see them once a week or daily sometimes um, and you get to know about their family and you get to hear about their backgrounds and what they do and it's good for people personally socially and it's also good for them and professionally in their business too right if they if they're working on a project and they need help with something or um, need services from someone or need guidance or a mentor um, having those connections and those kind of warm that warm interaction warm introduction you get from a space where you're a, a member, you have that common ground there, um, is definitely needed. Uh, Marty, who's a, a member, Martin Ficazio, uh, his member Stacks, he's actually also going to be running um, a studio, Stacks Studio. So as a video and audio production studio. But uh, oh, what you mentioned before? What's that? What you mentioned yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Mentioned before. Okay. He has his original, um, his first kind of professional career in the early '90s was. Um, in production, uh, he did videos for Run DMC, uh, Kid and Play. So he was actually in like in the early like, hip hop scene there, or, like in the nineties. Um, and then he he told me a, a pretty detailed story, <laughs> pretty cool, but just randomly ended up in tech as an IT consultant. Now he's the v- VP of an IT consulting firm. He's totally remote, but anyway, he had a good insight in that. Well, we're kind of missing the third place right now. So there used to be, or there, there's work, right? Uh-huh. Uh, home, home life, and then a third place. So for a lot of people, it was church, right? Uh-huh. Um, well, you specifically, I wrote down, I'll tell you exactly how yeah, I wrote yeah. it down, but you were saying you wanted to create a place where there was, you said it was sort of like a combo of a cafe, yeah. a little bit of a, do you remember what you said? No. Your motive, <clears throat> you wanted there to be a Essentially, it was a place to fulfill a number of obvious needs, one of them being to just sit and talk, one of them being to sit and work or stand, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it basically sounded like a village. Mm. Yeah, community, right? Yeah. Community, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what it sounds like you're about to say is a third part of the, one of the third 
or fundamental parts, not they're probably more than three, but one of mm. the fundamental parts of a community. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's, I think there's less and less. Well, again, I don't think that's obvious. I assume no. that's yeah, not obvious. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And I think a lot of, especially in, in the media too, with WeWork, there's been just a lot of commentary that it's, uh, it was just real estate. It was a real estate play. It's a real estate business. And I definitely don't feel that way. I mean, it's, no. it is a space, it's a physical space, but I don't know, is a movie theater a real estate business? Like you're selling seats, I guess, right? But right. you don't go for the seat, you go for the the movie, right? Right. Um, Again, yeah, the point of what I really think is most exciting with respect to the, again, product, mm-hmm. keeping it in the context that it is, it's mm-hmm. still business. Yeah. Um, the needs you're fulfilling are absolutely not so obvious. They're more... There's a deeper, not, we don't have to say spiritual, and you said WeWork had this sort of spiritual, maybe inauthentic. Yeah, it was ironic. It was inauthentic. They definitely, yeah. they, they they talked a big talk about the spirituality. And that doesn't need but to yeah, be that at all. But yeah, yeah, directly yeah. acknowledging to yeah. me, we, we kind of didn't know, knows that you're, it, it sounds to me like this is deliberately in response to the realization that the... I'm referring to it as excessive individuation. Mm, mm-hmm. the The norm of our society is to isolate and to alienate mm-hmm. unintentionally, and mm. sometimes, um, yeah, without even us knowing it. Mm-hmm. And you're providing a very specific alternative to that detail, but also the broader social and communal needs that we're not even aware we're lacking. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, there's, there's really just with with technology, right? And these, these technology is a high margin, high <clears throat> volume business. There's more and more popping up, right? That their goal is to for attention, right? I mean, I think Netflix says that they they compete with sleep. Um, is that mm-hmm. at least that's like read, a public read thing Hastings. They say? Yeah, Reed Hastings says they're competing with sleep. Oh, fuck. Um, Facebook is they they're in the business of attention, right? Instagram's in the business of attention. Um, really? Mm-hmm. And then we even, so Netflix, right? Oh, that's it, gross, man. Yeah. Less and less people, things are, you're not going out as much, you're not going to the movies as much, right? Where places where you used to be able to like just be around people of different backgrounds, socioeconomic, whatever. Um, but you're doing that all at home now and Amazon, right? Everything's shipped right to your door. You don't have to go shopping anymore. So there's less and less of that actual interaction with with people of, same similar backgrounds as you let alone different backgrounds um so yeah i think there is a need for that and there's something to say that that is important for a functioning society um mm. good word functioning mm. functioning <laughs> well functioning I guess. what is yeah yeah what does that look like to you functioning society oh, i also want to that's a tough one well it's probably the most important place to go really here Mm, mm -hmm. because again to be as direct as i hopefully can i think that's what you're i picked up on this mostly with no no's i didn't know this about you before then Mm. really um i wanted to get you know that get it get to know you and your background regardless but Mm -hmm. it definitely related to what i hoped we'd get into here and so yeah here we are in that organic hopefully organic way and obviously you're very wonderfully open and candid so it's easy I think that it's really mostly exciting to look at how you're responding to a, 
a lack of function or, or actual mm. problems. You're not just a business, obviously. Mm -hmm. It'd be silly mm -hmm. to think that. No. And I think it's, yeah. I, again, I don't know if it's direct. I don't think people know that necessarily until yeah. they get to know you and they get to know your motivation a bit. Yeah. I don't think it's obvious. But no. It's really important. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's hard to communicate that, as you could tell, right? As we're talking through it, there's so, so much to say about it. Um, well, maybe just because it's not easy, it's not comfortable. Is it? Un is it uncomfortable to be direct about it? Like to no. say, "Hey, this." No, I mean, I don't want people to put words come in, in your mouth, for. But no, go ahead. Sorry. Just that. Look, I'm providing a service that is relevant because of actual problems in our social model and our current cultural, you know, the structures of our society. This is a yeah. I think that somewhat like of a if response. that was an ad that popped up on, on Instagram or something. That would be yeah. That would be awkward exactly. potentially, yeah. but um, but it's also kind of true. Yeah, on the individual level, I think people are not shy when they come in for a tour. Um, first thing I, I generally do is ask what they do, and then they more often than not say, yeah, I do this, so and whatever they do, they say, I work from home and I'm just, I'm just going crazy at home or I'm just so lonely or I'm just isolated. Um, I just need to be around other people. Um, and that, that's, so no, not awkward. I don't think that's awkward to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> um, but that speaks mm. to what a fun or what is dysfunctional perhaps. Mm. What okay. is dysfunctional? Yeah. Well, I think it all relates to imbalances. Um, mm -hmm. Forget about Netflix and Facebook yep. and social media and Amazon. Obviously, there's excesses we can point to in those regards without having heard what you just said, which mm -hmm. is slightly terrifying. <laughs> the only one that I feel a little annoyed about is Netflix. Mm. I like Netflix, but now I'm having a harder time <laughs> accepting that. Yeah, yeah. Competing yeah. with sleep. God, yeah. it's horrible. Um, yeah, how is it that something like a co-working space specifically could improve society? And, and if there is any dysfunction and imbalance, what, what's being shifted there? Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, there's tons of research. I, I don't know all the, the U.S. numbers, uh, but on just the impact of... Uh, mental health conditions, right? Or mental, uh, poor mental health on the economy, right? Um, so if we could take it there, if you would need to quantify it, that's something, right? And isolating, being alone, uh, that is not good for mental health. Um, so but being in a, in a space or in a, in a community, again, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a space, right? A co-working space. Um, is good for your mental health, I would say. I think there, and there is research on that too. Um, but then also for for business as well, having, I mean, why do why do people gravitate? Economies kind of gravitate towards cities, right? Because of the proximity and the density and the, and the number of interactions and uh, the volume of talent and that. So, kind of having that congregate in a a hub, right? A co working space in this case uh, is also good for for local businesses, um, for, for individuals, um, and for the, the businesses around there where people frequent. Right. Um, so all that's a few ways that it's, it's a co-working space like that is, is good for society. Um, so yeah, you cover the two, you cover the kind of personal, the mental health and, and the, the business, right. The economics of it too. Um, now, I mean, does it, maybe that's a 
public service then, right? Maybe co-working spaces should be something that is a, a public need as for now. Clearly. Yeah. It sounds like it is clearly for now. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's some public private partnerships on that. There's some universities that have co-working spaces in them. Um, but if we jump ahead, mm. hypothetically, I mm-hmm. want to come back to that church thing you said too. What was that guy's name? The, Marty. Marty. Yeah. If we jump ahead, hypothetically, yeah. into the future where perhaps, okay. Yeah. Well, you, you just described the current context still. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm curious about is, do you think the context can change such that we actually get those needs fulfilled in our normal everyday life as opposed to having to do something that is currently not normal like a co-working space mm. Mm. um i wrote the word village or community is ex- mm-hmm. is what i'm kind of getting at do you mm-hmm. think that is possible or that is the direction that we could go and make am I making sense yet? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's, that's a tough question, but good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll. I guess I think we have to. That's to be. Yeah. To be really as direct as I hopefully can be here. Yeah. Sway the witness. I think we have to. I yeah. think that's exactly what humanity needs to do. Yeah. I kind of thought that for a long time. More of that uh, together, right? Being together and around. And- yeah, except for the possibilities of AI and and more of that inherently artificial yeah. stuff and tech, tech, the direction that tech can take us. I think we've, I, I hope it doesn't sound like an old fart or something mm. sort of obsolete, but I think we've pushed the possibility to explore our individuality as far as is healthy. Mm-hmm. And I hope mm. that's not something that people said 70 years ago or whatever, but <laughs> probably, they, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of those things like, oh, they probably said that before, and then we adapted. It's like, yeah, but in hindsight, I'm not sure we adapted well. Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty obvious if you look at the global context, we're not adapting well, mm. and we can't keep just saying, ah, we'll figure it out, or ah, people thought that when newspapers were, you know. It was the same thing as cell phones. Like, okay. But really, we're not adapting. Mm. We're really not. Mm. Like you said, when you walked in, we're all monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, what I'm, not what I'm saying, but it gets yeah. to the point. Like, our needs are still really just primal. Primal. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or even just the basic components of what we need bio- biologically and as mammalian yeah. organisms are neglected in our current context mm-hmm. largely it's and that's what we're kind of that's what you're hitting at is mm-hmm. no mammalian species prioritizes individuality the way we do mm-hmm. and obviously it's good that we do that mm-hmm. to some extent but i think it's absurd to suggest that we should be doing that more or that we have not done that enough we've we've done, a lot. done that yeah. enough yeah maybe it's it's less of we have to stop being more individualistic and be more open to others individualism yeah. well right? that's just a matter of, fo- yeah. of how you focus your attention and obviously the balance would be the yeah. result yeah Great. and i guess in the context of that i i foresee this villager community or maybe what marty was getting at yeah um and i kind of suspected you did too yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. i think that's 
sounds like what you got a taste of in Australia in some respects. Not obviously that Australia is some glorified yeah. grass is greener type of place, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know the idea must have come to you because of seeing things and, and realizing things, not obviously because of the suffering you were going through, but because yeah. of the, the realizations you were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, there's definitely differences there in terms of there's still individuality there, but... Um, it, and it's good. There's yeah, no yeah. point in suggesting that that's bad. That's yeah. not bad. That's inherently good. That's one yeah. of the best things about, I think, the human yeah. species. Yeah, yeah. I think the society there is just a, probably a bit more... Um, collaborative and kind of opened and um like just an example is like there's in most neighborhoods there's public trails that go through people's backyards right and that's just that's a huge difference yeah that's a that's a really big difference Mm -hmm. like oh i can't go there that's someone's private yard i have to walk half a mile around to get yeah. to the place that I can see from where I'm standing. Yeah. That's a huge difference. The uh yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the difference between lots of artificial boundaries that have limiting effects and an actual quote unquote village. That's yep. literally the difference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that that's just ingrained the paths in, are a huge part. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So that's just ingrained in their their culture is that yeah, there's just paths through this is Public property. Because that's literally the mirror of our, like, that's the mirroring of your own synaptic pattering and your own psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the difference between having an inherently interconnected web as your consciousness and lots of fragmented, boxed, um, inherently sort of restricted. Yeah. Yeah. Deconstructed um, mechanical modes. Yeah. Yeah, it's the I, difference I know, I between fluidity and rigidity. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and I remember just to contrast it. I remember being back from um, from Australia after when I first came back, um, and my my mom and my stepdad live in Florida, and we went to oh where was it? it might have been Naples or some like some island off of Naples or something, Florida, um, and it was like it's supposed to be some of the best beaches in the world. But you drive on it and it's like a road around, but it's all like walled with like private properties or private hotels that you have to be a member or you have to pay to get into. And there's like one little tiny public beach, like at the very end, which is like the worst beach on the whole <laughs> on the whole island. But it's all just private. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it, it, very exclusive too, versus in Australia, every beach is free. Um, so it, yeah, it's just like the this is... And they have there's issues with the Aboriginals there, right? And there how they that happened, but I think they might get some from some of this still from the Aboriginals, and I think they're more um, open and definitely more, um, I think, supportive or, or at least it's more aware of their natives there than I think we are. Um, but that like it's our land, it's everybody's land to enjoy, everybody's beach to enjoy. Um, Not mine, 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 mine. Yeah. Yeah. Not mine, yours, mine, yours. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's pluses and minuses of both of them, but. It's um, about, obviously, the the minus of going all the way to ours is legitimate yeah. as well. That's not at all yeah. better. It's, no. It's a matter of, every. I always, balance is a easy way to label it, but just the question of what is enough is 
the main guiding principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to use the bathroom. Right. <laughs> not, not a movement. Not a. Not oh, a good. Not the bowel movement. No. Why um, is that good? What, what, what if it was? <laughs> you know what? I hope it is. I really do. Thank you. How about when you come back? That's yeah. actually a great yeah. point because I think we. I'm thinking of, especially with regard to Australia, it'd be mm. really, I'd feel like a schmuck if we didn't talk about current events. So, sure. Okay. Is that uh, yeah, yeah. on your mind at all? It is. Yeah, it is. All right. Let's pause this okay. particular piece and come right back to that. All right. So, we both agreed before you had your, what was that, your sixth bowel movement of the day? Sixth of the session, yes. Of the session, <laughs> not just the day. <laughs> Good Lord, yeah. sir. You need uh, to. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't know, would that be healthy? I don't know, you're the wellness guy. Sounds like too much to me. Probably. Sounds like too much. Sounds like a borderline, you know, stomach bug type of mm, thing there. Mm, yeah. Parasite. Yeah. No, parasite, would you have? Uh, yeah, that sounds like some sort of stomach flu situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm okay with once or twice a day. Yeah, good. Yeah. But that wasn't a movement. That was just a... <laughs> different kind of movement i guess yeah there was movement involved mm-hmm. yeah. but not a bm not a bm celine <laughs> what My is that his name oh <laughs> it's not some famous quote could be it could, could be. be now yeah. uh all right yeah so yeah we were acknowledging that there's a lot going on in australia right now i haven't kept up with it over the last week and that's Mm. probably just because it hasn't unfortunately been quote unquote major news as much as it was but Mm -hmm. have you been paying attention and do you have have. any yeah Yeah. nobody like directly affected by that in terms of their houses or anything most of my friends are right around in in the city in sydney um definitely i mean everybody is impacted by it and because of the the smoke right there's been like minimal sun there all summer um and that's definitely when I talk to people, I think that affects the mood and also just the devastation, right? And knowing that that's happening and there's so little you can do um, affects people's moods too. So I've seen that come through, talking to friends and catching up and um, a lot of fundraising going on, which is, is good. A lot of people um, supporting. Um, yeah, it's just, it's tough. Uh, it's tough anywhere, but particularly there where it's a country as large as the U.S., right? Continental U.S., uh, but only 26 million people somewhere around there. Helps me focus, bro. Really? It help, It makes a difference. With or without the headphones? With, I focus better. Really? I can just tell you. Wow. You're more in it. Yeah. I like, yeah, I'm very, okay. yeah. Hey, to each his own. Boom. Wow, back in it. Game changer. <laughs> Go on. Should I start I over? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear a word you just said for the last five minutes. <laughs> Zoning out, watching for the green. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's shitty. Go on. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Talking about a wor- cataclysmic fire that's covering what? Like, uh, how many square? Like, Ooh, I don't know. Square, square footage must be square miles, square thousand square miles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know offhand. A I know terrifying it's, it's amount. Three times as large as any of the California wildfires that have happened oh, in terms of the area. God. And then you have a, f- a fraction of the resources there. And it's not like in here where there's wildfires in California, 
people from Texas or Denver or Nevada firefighters, right? And and support services can get there easily. Yeah. It's Australia, right? It's it's a day flight, right, to get anything there and shipping things, right? So difficult in terms of containing it. Um, yeah, I think it's the estimates like something like a billion animals are impacted. Um but yeah, definitely seen a lot of good stuff just following on social media and that of friends that are, are um, involved in different things that are, are helping communities come together um, and kind of lift them up a little bit. I have a friend that runs um, a nonprofit called uh, Waves of Wellness and they do surf, um, surf yeah, lessons and nice. um, uh, counseling, coaching, group therapy and surf lessons combined. So they've gone to some towns and just done surf lessons and like group, like just discussions. Um, so it's really cool to see that. Um, but no, it's great. They're great. It's a great people, right? I'm, I'm, I know it's, it's devastating, but I'm sure they'll, they'll come back from it. And, uh, based on past, uh, kind of social issues there, like with gun control, gun violence and gun control. And I think 96, there was a mass shooting in, in Tasmania. And after that, pretty much guns were banned in all of Australia. Um, so even though there are some conservative voices that are, um, don't believe in global warming and the impacts, right. And global uh, climate change. Um, I think there'll, there'll be some progress, um, especially with the, 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 um, how devastating it was. Well, on that note, I am comfortable with my own ignorance and Mm. just glad to be learning more. Is it? considered to be primarily linked if not entirely linked to that context what's yeah. happening now yeah uh again i don't know all the science behind it but uh, um, that's the general consensus the consensus there. is that the extent of it right the, the the vastness of it is exacerbated by climate change mm-hmm. um and just changing climate patterns and the dryness and lack of rain and um so yeah and we yeah i've seen it in a lot of places i mean and science is science right so in uh, this room it is yeah in this room yeah that's good <laughs> oh yeah yeah science is that's part of the not to go off topic mm. but problem with what we just i everything as far as my framework for looking at the bigger picture is, oh, yeah, the idea that science and religion are different is rooted in the same idea that my house can be separate from your house. Hmm. Not true. Of course, privacy and autonomy and solitude. I've lived in hippie communes. Hmm. I know their value. I respect it 100%. Mm-hmm. I need it as much as everybody. But mm-hmm. what is enough and how much are we making it? How much of it is abstract and artificial? Mm. Obviously, it's not real. Yeah. Just from the fact that the wind, the same wind's going to blow, the same water's going to flow, the same roots are going to go from one property to the other. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, the pipes underneath are connected. Yeah. Um, science and religion, the idea that they're not the same thing actually is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I'm with you on everything. Definitely there's connection. Um, like Thor says. What does Thor say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's one of those cute quotes from oh. the first one. Did you are you into any of that? I've yeah, I've seen them. The yeah. first he says that your your science is no different. Or what you call magic is no different than our understanding of science. Okay. Got yeah. it. Does Thor say that or like does Bruce? That Banner was Thor, that dude. Thor says that, that was my Thor. Couldn't you Wait, tell? Thor has magic, right? Yeah, the Asgards have yeah. what we would call magic, but it's not magic. Oh. It's just a broader understanding of reality okay. that integrates what we call magic. And yeah. therefore, obviously, I'm making a comparison between silly people that think religion is somehow magical and not the same as the religious, obviously not 100%. Hmm. Um, the religious framework can have this idea of magic, but actually it just fits in with a broader and more accurate understanding of science. That's all. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very important metaphor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on all that. Um, it's just amazing though, how we can create these, these constructs in. It's what we've been doing yeah. seemingly for the entirety of our understanding of history. Mm-hmm. That and some of is, that is is like essential, right, for society to function and different roles and functions. Well, well and, stories are mm. stories are essential as mm. ter- in terms of like unifying and cat- catalyzing a unifying perspective and mm-hmm. understanding. All of which is what I actually today have had epiphanies about how to potentially frame this for one million cups. But mm. we may not get into that in the next twenty or thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stories are necessary. It's a matter of our whether our stories are serving us any longer. And I would say they're not. Hmm. Mostly. Hmm. What well, yeah. Uh, de- yeah. Depends on the stories. Well, which ones are serving us which is a good question. Are... Like you said, let's focus on it in that way. It's a all matter. the Netflix stories, of course. I mean <laughs> Thor's on there. <laughs> yeah. Go watch the All the stories on there. Um No, seriously, John. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's story? <laughs> uh, a lot of stories. I tell myself a lot of stories. I mean, I could think of a lot personally that don't serve me right now. I could think of a lot that do serve me. Um, but well, yeah, that's bro- you're just a microcosm for the whole. Exactly. So which one you want to keep the ones that serve you and and transform or change at least, yeah. or, or bring more awareness to the ones that don't. Yeah. No. Okay. So in, in the realm of stacks, right? The the story of um, the community, right? And that being the why is still serving me um the story of is it a scalable model yeah uh questioning that um in terms of viability as a larger business i mean there's i've seen i mean we work as an example there's a lot of other co-working spaces that don't make money um so that economic side of it that story uh well, that just sounds like a good question. It's a good question, yeah. but the sto- the story I'm telling myself is is coming probably from more from a place of uh, not being proactive rather than it's more of like oh it's kind of that feeling oh I don't know if this is gonna work. Um, well, yeah, if you were telling yourself it's not gonna work, I'd mm-hmm. say that's a story. That story comes and goes. Okay, fair enough. It does. Yeah, I, I think for any entrepreneur, it does. Oh hell no yeah! No matter the business. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Also, the story of I mean, I, I do a lot of work with startups and listen to a lot of things with startups and do a lot of reading about startups. And there's all the talk about scaling, right? And high margin, high, high volume, high margin is what you want. That quadrant you want to be in. Um, co-working spaces naturally are a low volume, low margin. So I'm telling myself the story of, 
Oh, well, then I'm not really a, a, an entrepreneur or a startup, right? I'm not successful if I'm living in that quadrant. You're there, not quote-unquote so. scalable. Yeah, yeah. quote-unquote scalable. So that's a story I'm telling myself, and that's from other things I listen to and hear and have some appreciation for. Um well, from my own ignorant seat mm. over here, that doesn't seem, which I guess reflected a story too, mm. that doesn't seem true. It seems like you would, why wouldn't it be something you could just rinse and repeat? No, you could. You could. Um, it's It would take a lot more time though, a lot of time, um, because the margins are not huge. Um, and then finding the right talent, right? The right people at the right pay to yeah. be the kind of play the role that I played here. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if that would match uh, and in the right space. Right. So that's why you see, like I think we work had a lot of good intentions with what they, the way they went about it. Um, but they're still losing money. Right. Mm. Um, so is it scalable at that magnitude? Not sure. So that's where I, kind of step back and think of the why and how it started was what do you think hmm. you're still improving your base model it's like what you said no no it was three years is it even three years no a year and a half Jeez, i keep doing that yeah <laughs> doubling it <laughs> yeah i think i did that at no no's too yeah. so from what i've seen thus far and i'm a we're almost a year and a half mm-hmm. in this context of this scale mm-hmm. um our model's not uh, good enough yet to repeat for reasons that I know. Mm-hmm. I guess sounds like you just aren't necessarily clear what the repeatable model is yet, or is your model yeah. clearer and clean I, I, enough yet to repeat? So it's hard to scale community, right? I mean, you can have a model of how you shape the community. Um, well, hmm. my guess is that mostly comes down to a question of who, yeah. not what, but who. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I can relate to that. Like, okay, there needs to be another John or someone like John. Hmm. But how similar would somebody have to be to you? To they wouldn't have to be very similar. I mean, they'd have. To, <laughs> I hope they wouldn't be too similar. I don't need a clone. But. No, no. Uh, it is definitely that the person so I the role I call for myself and other folks that that, that help out part time around the space is a curator or associate curator, right? You're curating the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not managing the community, right? You, you it's the term in co-working, the co- a community manager. You're not really managing. Like I don't, if I'm working from a co-working space, I have my own business or I have my own job. I don't want to be managed. I don't need to be managed. Maybe you're managing the space, right? You're an office manager type thing, making sure the Garbages are emptied and coffee is stocked and all that good stuff. But there's that aspect of kind of connecting people, introducing people to one another, making them feel welcomed, um, being a good host, really. Um, so you need those those components. Um, giving tours as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the the right model is for that. And also, there's a lot a lot of the the work and kind of the mental work too is making it work for everyone while letting them maintain their individuality too, right? People have different preferences on their desks, right? Standing desks, sitting desk, if they want more privacy, if they like being out in the open. Um, they like a window, they don't like a window, like all these different things. And the concern would be that if you're, and I've seen other spaces that even we work as an example, um, the rinse and repeat is assuming that 
okay, well, we're going to put these desks in these places. Everything's very rigid and bolted down on the floor. And this is how you have to fit into that somewhere. Uh, versus Stacks was very organic in terms of as members joined and got more desks and let people sit where they wanted and move desks around and things. And that's a lot. I mean, that is, that that's a lot for, for anyone to do. Um, and then manage, uh, managing again, but managing expectations and one person sees that, Oh, you why they get that desk or they got that spot. I want that spot or that kind of, hmm. yeah. Being the grease on the wheels. Right. Um, so that is, that's a lot of the role in, in the type of environment that I think solves a lot of the problems that we were discussing earlier. Um, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm, I'm at the crossroads of a finding another others. It's almost mm-hmm. like needing another, if you think of it like a school, mm-hmm. needing other teachers to open up new schools. Mm-hmm. If you're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they'd have to be aligned with a particular perspective and understanding and an idea as mm-hmm. opposed to it's not franchising it's literally mm. yeah mm-hmm. it's opening another kind of school is the context or church back to marty's what did he mean by that maybe it's almost like that he meant that just that third place where you you congregate and commune and have other interactions that are outside of your your family life um and even i mean your work life i mean i guess co-working spaces kind of cover both of those right you get the work interactions but also the the social interactions and you don't have the office politics um that you get at work right Mm -hmm. so it it kind of covers those two which are are fading right less and less people go to offices less and less people go to church or any kind of other community um third community you've got wellness centers gyms do less and less people go to churches is that mm. I didn't oh know yeah, that. yeah yeah a lot, lot more people are going or, we just started going back actually oh yeah yeah ari oh, and i really to uh, salem yeah okay yeah, not, yeah, not back to salem but back to just something to like salem. that yeah, yeah. cool um a lot of the people are blending that at that portion of life with the yoga or wellness and things so that's what the trend is toward now um but it's not one place and a lot of it people do at home right youtube videos or peloton or these things where that's know. not so that's that's the still the excess no the i know but that's that anytime i see a commercial with somebody having a treadmill next to their fucking bed it's like jesus christ mm-hmm. <laughs> no i know first off that's gross <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like okay you are so sweaty i can't imagine what your floor looks like and it's two feet from where you sleep gross and you're in a loft apartment in whatever <laughs> random city this and oh that's disgusting For, mm-hmm. okay but the blending that intrigues me and obviously you know you say wellness i obviously think of here but the blending is very intriguing mm-hmm. is that something you think you need to more directly figure out how to replicate yeah if the scale so. yeah and communicate that and um that's a bit that that um can turn people off too. Some people just want an office. Some people well, want can, the community. Right, so, so you can't do everything for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's obviously 
if you thought you could, that would be a very perhaps silly story too. Yes. That being said, I can understand that potential idealism, if that's even fair to call it that. Um, it's just a particular sort of motivation to try mm -hmm. to create an understanding that's more inclusive than not exclusive, but you yeah. know, inherently more inclusive and integrative. Inte integrative. Mm hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I'll go back to how when Stacks started before Stacks was a, a space or even a thought of a space. There was um, meetups, and I started doing meetups because I wanted to be around other people that were working uh -huh. on things. Um, to have that interaction, that community, right? That social aspect of, of work versus working alone. Um, so I started doing meetups at bars and restaurants and in Doylestown. Um, and that gave people that that ability to just connect once a week right, okay. with other people and be work alongside other people. Not necessarily with other people, but just alongside. Um, I was inspired actually by a, a business out of Australia called Two Space, which they've been bought recently, I don't know by who, but and there's a similar one in the U.S. called Kettle Space, and they actually they they a little different. They um they I guess rent out in a sense. Um, they rent uh, empty restaurants that are closed during the day or venues that are closed daytime, and they operate them as co-working spaces. Ah, yeah, they do that. So it's hmm. it's. I guess lower overhead for them, right? Um, they don't, a lot of them have just tried in cities to have multiple locations all around where you can go wherever um, to any location. Um, but they they don't focus as much on this is about community and connection and people getting together. It's about having a place to work from where you don't feel like you're getting kicked out like at a coffee shop, right? Um, but you're now, not necessarily direct about that yet, right? What's that? The community side of things, so to speak. No, yeah, yes and no. Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Yeah. Glad I, I asked. Um, but yeah, so my thought is how to replicate that model that with the weekly meetups, or I call them pop-up, co-working pop-up, um, where that happens, could happen, and that's more scalable, where anybody in any city could do that. There could be another me somewhere whether they like me or not but somebody that just wants to get other people together um but it's definitely more niche than just a normal meetup.com uh thing uh and it's maybe a platform for that where people might pay a, a nominal membership to be able to join once a week at this place at a restaurant or a bar just to be around other people um so kind of a networking group but not but more for people that are don't necessarily need to network for professional reasons, but just want that social piece of it. So that's, uh, still feeling it out. I'm still working that through. Haven't done much in terms. I've done other pop-ups in the meantime. Um, but haven't done much to try to enable others to do that yet. Hmm. So that's where I, th I think something like that would be more, would have a broader reach than, rinsing and repeating Stacks co-working space. And it also then gets people together and kind of builds the community, develops the community more organically versus parachuting in and saying, hey, so-and-so town, here's your Stacks, right? And come 
Obviously, that wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So your stories are mm. malleable enough that you're figuring this out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah, not I, limiting you. No, no. I need, but uh, what I need to work on is now. Okay, so Stacks it, itself is, is it's doing well. It's operating. I am. Yeah, you're mm, sitting back looking. Crazy. Yeah, right. I'm one of the sole people kind of running it, though. Um, there's some people that help out occasionally, but if I were to really go full in on this other concept, it's a similar concept, but and to expand that, I can't be at Stacks in Doylestown all the mm. time, and I can't be as hands-on. So it's that step of trusting and finding someone to trust with that. I think um, you mentioned that at Nono's, mm. literally looking for a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or... Woman, curator, curator yeah. More yeah, PC word. Um, okay. So f- yeah, figuring that out and what the give is on that, right? There's got to be there's the um have sacrifice the, the some profits for a while, right? To hire somebody, pay somebody, pay somebody. <laughs> exactly, that's it. Um, and what's the room for that? And does that fit with what somebody would want? And there's the uncertainty there too. What's that that looks like, and would they be able to grow? Additionally, I think I'm my energy's kind of waning in terms of Stack Doylestown right now, and my I don't want to say motivation, but well, probably for good reason. You're yeah. inherently driven in, I think, a good way. To you've got a mission, man, mm-hmm. and it sounds like this is just natural. These are natural questions, indeed, and. There are say challenges that you got to deal yeah. with in the context of this growth. Yeah, and I I think it sounds like you're just healthily ambitious. It's not yeah. over. It's not. You know, when you say waning again, it's like, well, yeah, no, it just sounds like this is time for growth, and you're mm. figuring it out. Yep, Agreed. which looks like a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. the outside, it looks like a very good thing. So, congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's good to talk this through too. And get Glad outside. I could be here for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I will say though, yeah. from a one relatively similar, you know, just slightly genotype and certainly phenotype kind of guy here, is um, it looks like you're as bad as I am at, at congratulating yourself on your accomplishments. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we yeah. Work on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or be more aware of that. Yeah. Um. I, I like yeah. I, I, yeah. In other words, congratulations yeah. again. It, Thank it, you. This yeah, obviously yeah. sounds like the, the kinds of problems that come with succeeding in a mm. good way, a healthy way, and mm-hmm. um, this just looks like growth from yeah. where I'm sitting. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it 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 is. It is. It's the yeah. I, I, it, and this is the first business I've had. Right. I've had. I run that Leading Minds project wasn't necessarily a business. Right. So this is. A business, it's a, a thing, and if you... Well, of the scale. Of the scale, yeah. Yeah, and then now, I've never, I've my first business, I've never um, hired, really. I mean, I've hired some people part-time, but in terms of hiring someone to operate, right, and another, an operator, and put those systems in place, and yeah. what's the answer? There's no right answer. I mean, you could talk to as many people as you want, and mentors, and people that have done it and they say, yeah, for my business, it worked this way. And that, but there's always that uncertainty of like, well, for this one, what's going to work, but you got to try something. Right. And that's where I'm, yeah, I've been a little, there's I've been, a little been, risk in there. Of yeah. Course. I've been beating myself up a little bit lately with that. Um, versus with, when it first started stacks, it was like, yeah, 
fuck it, I'm doing it, going all in. Yeah, that's what I'm picking up on, man. You're you're yeah. you're good. You're doing good. But now I, good. I think because there's more, it feels like there's more there, and I'm I'm in it, right? I'm there most days. Um, okay. I feel more tethered, and I don't have that freedom to just go do and try, mm-hmm. um, because I haven't given myself that freedom, right? I haven't brought somebody else on and taken the time and invested the time to really. To, to train them, get them to a point where they're comfortable uh, and operating. Um, so investigating different options for how that can be, uh, uh, I say overcome, but how that can, can not be caught up in that. Um, and it, partnering with something I'm exploring with some, some folks. Um, so there's a sense of ownership there too. And, and then kind of an alleviation of that, the sense of ownership that I have, that 100% ownership, right? Um, and decision-making too, right? If all the decisions are just running through my mind and also trying to filter it through the community, right? That's a lot. That's a lot of mental energy, right? Uh, well, it's a lot of mental energy and it's inherently limiting and it mm-hmm. sounds like you've reached, and again, if it's about growth, mm-hmm. just, well, it's time for the... Mm-hmm. Yep. You've outgrown that context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And with that, it's 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 expanding that cognitive map or re-expanding it again and saying, okay, there's a lot more than stacks Doylestone. Right? I mean, this will have to be mm. This seems like a good part to film. Go on. Okay. <laughs> um, Are you cool with that? Yeah, sure. I turned it off. Sorry. That's all right. Just like twiddle your thumbs. Okay. I'll go, I'll go top off. Okay. Hot water. <laughs> All right. You were of, you were saying there's a lot more dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I think it was the, the, the cognitive map, right? Like re-expanding it. Um, I think starting in, in Doylestown and building the business in Doylestown kind of limited as a limit or constricted my cognitive map right now and there's a lot more than stacks doylestown but if i'm thinking of of expansion or growth or, or sorry bringing on hiring or bringing on a partner in just the context of stacks doylestown it's like well there's only so much of the pie to go around and to be sustainable but i'm limiting my the the possibility the potential and for me i guess my my feeling of possibility and what's possible and what can be done is very tied to place and where I am. And if I'm in the same place for a long time, I get kind of get very restricted and constricted and kind of that closed in trapped feeling versus if I'm moving around or have give myself that mobility where I'm in different places and working from different places um, and just interacting with new people. Um, that is where I really thrive and that kind of feeling of starting and growth and that mindset is at its at its best really it's most optimized so um need to kind of just i think just bite the bullet and just do something um with someone right with a partner with um hiring something i need to make a decision because right now i'm i'm in analysis paralysis um because i'm not looking beyond just the the four walls of stacks Doylestown. So that's kind of that's the feeling right now. 
obviously there are way more than four walls. Yes, there's a lot of walls. <laughs> there are big walls too. Um, but again, that the psychology behind that to me is not just fascinating, but extremely important to um, really deliberately explore because part of what I think could be better, especially in the context of just enjoying ourselves and enjoying life, is relating to growth, being able to embrace growth, really, Mm -hmm. embracing growth instead of, not that this is what you exactly said, but in general, I think a big problem is we don't relate to growth as a good thing. Mm. Not instinctively, at least. Mm. Maybe eventually, but... One of the most transformative, and I, I don't always like to use that word, but it's accurate, uh, realizations for me over the last certainly year and change uh, is the fact that there's no ending to anything. Hmm. 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 So instead of... So, okay, so of mm. course that require to see that requires or to understand the point of that and the the, the potency of that mm-hmm. rea- aspect of reality is to realize that you, not you, but in general might be, again, unintentionally conditioning yourself to think that there is an ending a, or mm. a destination or a goal mm. <clears throat> and mm. movement, by the way, mm-hmm. why we talk about movement so much is that... <laughs> In the context of movement, which is just a synonym for reality to us, being goal-oriented consciously and essentially process or not relating to things as having an ending, mm-hmm. uh, balancing that is a requirement for mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm, I'm processing what you said. Yeah. But it, uh... Like I, I, de- I do deliberately, I, I want to, yeah, be deliberate about suggesting that in the context of mental health, yeah, shifting our framework about goals and destinations and graduations and accomplishments and any of those synonyms mm-hmm. is imperative. Yeah. There's... I mean, the chronic, whatever the symptom, depression or anxiety or just general sense of dis-ease has to be linked in some way to the idea that there's an ending and you either, or some sort of particular goal Mm -hmm. that you're either going to get to or not. Yeah. Yeah. And you arrive there, right? And you're set, but no. 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 (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's every, I could think of every goal or thing that like milestone that I think in life that I was like, oh man, that just seems like, so yeah, out of reach or elusive or something that I really strive for and you get there and you're like, oh, it's never enough, right? Uh, and it's not that it is not enough. It's that if you're always in the mindset of of more and more and more or a goal, like you have to achieve, achieve, achieve rather than appreciating the journey right um and being present right and that's mindfulness right um that that's inevitable to be to to that you'll never be satisfied um 
and you don't have to be satisfied though either right and like just putting the pressure on having to be satisfied and like um well not in any sort of permanent no. sense not in a completion sense no yeah 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 but just yeah just enjoy the the journey because it's it's like a it's a flow right it's just consists like things it, if, to your point of connectedness right and the, the pipes running through and everything is connected in a way um no, you definitely gotta just kind of let things be sometimes, and um, but appreciate the achievements too, right? Along the way, appreciate what what you've done, but not make it all about that. Oh, appreciate it. The appreciation is exactly it. that's why I yeah. congratulated you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, but that's really good. Um, and yeah, I think we have to like in college, right? And things like those milestones at graduations and things and just so much emphasis on just getting the degree versus like appreciating the experience. And that for me with things like a predisposition for anxiety and depression, I had to leave the University of Michigan. I wasn't there for a year and a half and was in the business school I got in after my freshman year and it was very expensive out of state. And I felt like I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, like I, just to, to get a degree and for the notoriety of it, right, and the, the accreditation and um, just whether I realized it or not, just kind of intuitively was my, I was shutting down because like this is not right. I'm not doing this for the right reasons. Um, and yeah, I left a few weeks into my sophomore year, came home, took some time off, took some classes at Rutgers and decided to transfer. Um but I think because of that, and because that mindset kind of stayed of like I'm just getting a degree, I really did not make the most of my college experience, university experience, and I think most students probably do that. Um, and I think that's changing a little bit. I think I see the, the the shift in the perception of college. I think a lot of parents want their definitely want their kids to go, but uh, or require that their kids go. I guess. Um, but I think I I would. If I were to go back and do it again, or my kids, future kids would say, you know, if it's not for you, it's okay. Or you could take some time off before or try a job out, intern somewhere or travel or whatever, and then decide. Um, and also just the cost of it now is crazy too. And like to, somebody was saying in a podcast that um, the decision to take out a loan of, right, of hundreds of thousands of dollars when your brain is not even developed to the point where you can make those decisions, like it, it, like it's known that your prefrontal cortex is not fully developed yet, but yet you are committing to and and are almost coerced to by your parents in, in some cases and society to take out a huge loan that's going to be over hanging over your head for the next 20, 30 years, right? Um, that's just, that's not cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, in hindsight, I probably would have done college much differently. And but a part of the reason why why I didn't do it the way I would have liked to is to your point of just looking at the end, hitting the end goal, and those tests and getting the grades right, versus um, making the most of it and appreciating the, the that journey. And tests probably aren't the and semesters probably aren't the right structure for education either. Um, at the end of the day too like what are you actually doing like you're not you've got all this like knowledge and and this, this human capital there and you're just taking tests right you, and there's some research universities in that but at least for undergrad 
you're just writing stuff on paper and getting evaluated. Um, so yeah, definitely has impacted me and, and creeps up a lot. That feeling of there's a destination when there, there isn't, there really isn't. <laughs> and it could, and, and even if when there is a destination that it, you, the one you're thinking of might be wrong or just could be any other destination, but we get so caught up in specific things that are expected or we think are expected um, that we restrict ourselves, right? And then we constrain our growth. So I'm with you. The heck did you just say while I was holding that for five minutes? <laughs> I need to get a tripod. Um, yeah. Oh, crap. There was one thing that you very much just said about college and blah 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 semesters destination um we forget pipes obviously pipes can be a metaphor for our organs and that's back to poop talk (laughs) shit talk but no it wasn't that it was um oh as a father i can see how we're with regard to my son yeah the responsibility of a parent is primarily to maintain and obviously, if you're not aware of it, you can't do it, but help maintain that balance because kids will, as far as I can tell with my son, and I pay attention to all the other kids too, generally, they, I think, are, I think it's in our nature to be more process-oriented than, than goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and conformity in our society is usually to go too far to the goal-oriented context. Mm-hmm. This isn't actually what I was thinking about, but we'll go off on this for a moment. Maybe it'll come to me. <clears throat> helping to maintain that balance or, or being there to guide that process or that um that aspect of growth of where you got to maintain that balance for mm-hmm. yourself seems to be my number one job as dad and, and a parent's number one job because i think they're instinctively we are instinctively very just creative and process oriented and expressive and interested and curious etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. all good things and there's an ignorance in that too. There's mm. a there's value in the context of the the structures and the goals and the drive and the mm-hmm. ambition, et cetera, et cetera, and and wanting to embrace that individual side of being human and create. Um, mm-hmm. It can go too far, and I can see, yeah, how it's very easy for children to just be in that process. That's that's just the child. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. not even a. And all the kids I've met with being a parent, it's just there. There's very little in the way of that. Yeah. And that's good. That's beautiful as a child. And growing up is really, I think, just a matter of figuring out how to balance that with the need to take responsibility for things. Mm-hmm. But what the hell did you say about college? <laughs> You would play it back. I don't know. You can play it back. I will. Well, we'll see. We got to wrap up soon, anyway. Um, But the bottom line is, you're you're doing great. Kudos on the success. Thanks. That's one key thing. One key takeaway. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you, especially Mm. with regard to what you brought up in the beginning. How's it? Seems like mental health for you is 
more on the the good side than not right now. You're feeling good, okay? okay. Good, yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, still ups and downs. I yeah. mean, like with anything, I've, um, I think that's something I I've see. You running a lot. That's that seems is, like good yeah, medicine for exercise you. Exercise is good. <laughs> I think the one thing I've learned, literally by my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've learned from having significant challenges at times with that particularly with that that episode right like going to having an extreme near the um, end of j&j you mean mm-hmm, near the end of j&j was is now like kind of accepting the highs and lows and kind of letting them be there at times more so the lows i mean the, the depressions feeling the depressed feelings and anxious feelings definitely come more um but when they're there not being uh, getting caught up in them, not fighting it. Rather, I, so the, the analogy I make is um, to a rip current. So if you're caught in a rip current, if you fight against it, you're going to tie yourself out and you're going to be taken out further, right? Or you drown, right? Mm. Um, if you just If you feel it, you get caught in the rip, the best thing to do is just let it take you out for a little bit. Some of them take you out a little further. Some of them, you know, some of them are short, easy. And you swim back in around it, and then you get back to shore. So it's to feel that just to kind of accept that, yeah, my brain sometimes I get down. Sometimes the electricity is just not flowing. Mm. And you just got to let it be there and not not push it, not force things. There's still things to, to do day to day, but just focus more on the doing rather than how it's feeling. Um, and just get through the basics, right? I, um, I just had the aha, but mm, go on. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I I still get depression. Um, it doesn't last weeks and weeks anymore. Well, do you relate to it as something you get or just something you manage? Uh, you yeah, had... I don't know. I don't like I even like to say you manage it, right? Okay. I uh, or yeah, I'm I don't just struggle with it. I don't it's it's just part of my way, right? It's part of my brain. Well, when you identified earlier with regard to bipolar, mm-hmm. um. To me, that means that you, if I'm mm-hmm. correct, that you identified in that regard. Mm-hmm. You identify. I've seen how that can be. I've seen. I have a very somebody very close in my family mm-hmm. who it can knock. There, it's just completely debilitating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like completely. Mm-hmm. Like that rip current is a bitch. Mm-hmm. And. It sounds like what you're so that's what I mean by managing it like to yeah. go with that flow it sounds like to me more managing than getting depression like I can get depressed quote unquote I can feel is a synonym yeah. for that yeah yeah I think just the, maybe the terminology so managing to me kind of uh, insinuates work right like you're okay working enough, hard yeah. versus accepting so yeah. I look so acceptance and commitment therapy is something that, that's helped me uh, just a framework of cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. um, but just accepting those thoughts and feelings sometimes and not giving in necessarily but just saying okay that's how I feel right now that's mm, all right um, that's important yeah that's yeah. back to what we were talking about before not letting those things be hidden or keeping them taboo mm-hmm. and, and not yeah. letting them that's why um, you love talking about poop exactly because <laughs> it's more liberating <laughs> it's a metaphor right yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's all metaphors yeah um but yeah, if, if you if you have these thoughts of feelings coupled with thoughts and you 
the terminology they use is you fuse with them, right? And you let them be you or like define you. Mm-hmm. Instead, you need to, to, it's better to diffuse, right? And let them say, okay, those are just thoughts or those are just feelings. They're there. Yeah. Those don't CBT yeah. define me. Yeah, exactly. So there's different things I do for that. I mean, I sometimes talk my thoughts out, out loud. Say, I notice a thought that I, I'm something, I'm a loser, or I notice that I'm not successful. Like, those aren't the specific thoughts I have, but um, you, you say those, you sing them, and they kind of seem a little like silly. You're like, oh, that doesn't really control me. That's all right. I'm still doing stuff. So whatever. I just don't feel 100%. That's all right. But, um, and I think it, it ties in too with the whole, with the journey versus the destination, right? Yeah. Cause you're never going to feel perfect all the time. No. And once if you, you try have that, to, once um, if you set that bar that high, you're always going to feel like crap because you're never going to, yeah. There's that word again. Crap. Boop. Shit. <laughs> well, why it's the perfect metaphor is yeah. because one, amazing movement in that context one perfect bowel movement the satisfaction of that is uh-huh. only going to last so long eventually you're mm-hmm. going to get hungry mm-hmm. and you're going to have to do it all again mm-hmm. yeah it's not permanent so true yeah it's not yeah. permanent so enjoy those moments but don't rely on them right hmm. before we wrap up another yeah. question but I also remembered what I Mm. Um, was came to me you acknowledged that hindsight question like what am i even doing in the context of what am i learning when what are we generally learning in college and reminded me of how there's more value even in the context of business and becoming successful um there's more value in just being good at thinking and Mm. having communication skills and Mm -hmm. um more than whatever you may have studied, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Prioritizing that is, I'm pretty sure many a business owner or person who's hiring has realized that's way more important than anything that could have been academically relevant. Mm-hmm. So just adding that little detail. Yeah. No, so true. <clears throat> um, yeah, maybe last question and we're... Yeah. we're my butt's starting to get numb. I'm aware. Uh-oh. No matter how comfortable this chair is it's, yeah. uh, and how helpful it is for posture, I still yeah. want to get up and put my legs up like you <laughs> um, and move around yeah. and do the wiggles. So other than running, mm. yeah, what else? Do you, you're going to go, possibly you're going to go sauna. Are you going to go use it? I think I will sauna. That's wonderful. Yeah. makes me happy. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, other than those kinds of practices and CB, CBD, T, not CBD. Nope. We do have CBD. Ah. Um, what do you do for yourself? What is you know? You live in Lansdale. Mm-hmm. You bike. You, you like to ride the train sometimes. I see you yeah, run. Yeah, try to do the train more often. Yeah. Cool. yeah. What do you do for you? What do I do for me? I would definitely. Exercise. I'm always curious. Definitely exercise. Family, family time. Um, got uh, aunt, uncle, cousins in the area. Um. And an uncle are great. They're in Cranberry, New Jersey, near Princeton. So I spent a lot of time there. I've got little cousins that are my cousin's children. So I like hanging out with them too. Mm. Um, I love podcasts. That's a big thing. <laughs> Definitely love podcasts, listening to podcasts. Um, I, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a lot of it, honestly. Yeah, um, and I don't mean to sound yeah. that 
the quote unquote entrepreneurship isn't for you. No. This is all yeah. for me. And what yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. with Stacks is also yeah. for you. It's not a distinction to, but mm-hmm. you're obviously not going to just watch Netflix, it sounds like. So, no, I don't, no TV at home. No Netflix for me. I we do. Don't, we don't have a TV, but we do yeah. have obviously the internet and we have a projector. Ah. We have a wall that turns oh, into a boy. big screen. <laughs> I mean, you've got to at least use, I know you use the World Wide Web for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, podcast, I have my laptop sometimes. I'll, there's very few shows that I watch. Like what? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just watched Curb. the last episode. You did? All right. I'm only two in um, to I won't this new anything. season. But, what uh, do you think so far? Good. Yeah, yeah, good it's enough. Not, not the best, not the worst. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. First one was really good. First one episode was great. Uh, it was a longer <laughs> one too, so it's always good. But um, what else? What I liked the Fatwa last up season. That was yeah, a, that, that was, was a good season. Yeah, it was that made was me good. chuckle. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, definitely. I like uh, I like Curb. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not and, surprised by that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I like his his perspectives on things for sure. Um, but I also the one million cups is something, and and, and help uh, working with startups is something that I do, I think partially for myself too, or mostly for myself. I, I mean, I I just enjoy it. Um, I know a lot of the people that love the team that's involved in that, just loves meeting and hearing from new entrepreneurs and hearing their perspective, why, what their why is and what their challenges are and what they're doing well, what, what's being, been successful for them in terms of approaches to their business and whether they're brand new or a few years old. Um, that's a great, great thing. That That's that weekly startup event, which you've got to come along to. We, I finally feel ready, meaning okay. I, I've well, you needed to- come watch to... it first. Come listen. I've come to two. Have you? Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, I've yeah, come yeah, to okay. two. Sorry but I, yeah, I will sorry. come yeah. to more. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, I yeah. just took, <laughs> just made a story up there. But I, <laughs> I do think we're ready as a as this particular little education center. Yeah. I think we're ready. Okay. I think I know how I'd frame it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Not right now, though. No, no. Yeah. But while yeah, making, yeah, you were saying, that. yeah, yeah, that's no, a big it, part. That feeds your soul. It does. It does. Yeah, and it's becoming more. I mean, we're we're working on a nonprofit for um, a startup to help the the startup ecosystem in Bucks County. So, kind of all the different components you need, but really just a lot of kind of connection and some of that community aspect for for entrepreneurs that are working on um, innovative businesses, right? It's a business that can go beyond Bucks County, um, but start here. So hmm. it's pretty exciting. Maybe to Montgomery County. Maybe to Montgomery. <laughs> maybe a hundred and who knows. Or both. Or both. <laughs> I know. It's inevitable. You're going to wear them for just the ending here? Yep. Headphones are on. Oh, that is different. You don't like it? I wouldn't have lasted this long. Yeah. You know, with the headphones on. I think the clock has dictated the closure here, my friend. Okay. This has been wonderful. Yeah. This is fun. Oh, man. I got to take these off. Take those off. It's torture. <laughs> okay. No, it's um, been great. Even with your headphones on, it's it's still... I need it. Yeah. I'd yeah. be totally distracted otherwise. Really? Yeah. More than I want to be. Yeah. Okay. More than I want to be. Okay. Um. Anything in closing for you? No. Okay. No. 
no, it's been good. It's been good. I hope uh, somebody listens. And thank you for Some listening buddies, if yeah. you have, especially all the way this <laughs> this far into it. Cool. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello. Pretty sure, based on the way I'm doing this, that you just listened to Jonathan Mercer. It's a perfect evening for me to be recording this outro, if you will. Um, the sun is coming right through the middle window in my office here. It's about 7.40. It's right at that point where you can stare at it without any issues, which is worth trying, by the way, if you have never done that. Near the horizon, right where you're barely going to see it anymore. And it's at the end of a rainy spell that we've had for the better part of 48 hours. And it is absolutely freaking gorgeous. There's this redness in these leaves that is really being highlighted by this light. It's just as deep bright penetrating light with these dark clouds in the distance that have that are in the past now and it's just brightening everything it's a beautiful night and i hope that's how you feel about jonathan mercer and how you feel after having listened to that wonderful conversation stacks co-working company eventually you'll be able to go back i hope by the time you're hearing this you already are able to go back but we don't know. Although somebody just mentioned something about some silly soft opening in May. I don't want to judge it. Sorry. It's not silly. I just don't know anything about it. Anyway, stacksco.co.co.work is the website. That's where you're going to find out information. Um, you can become a member. You can do a free pass. And they do a lot of amazing things there, as you will learn inevitably because now that you've heard Jonathan speak about himself and his vision, you're captivated and you love it. Uh, Million Cups is one of my favorite things that they do. Find out about that, the Wednesday schedules. I think they still do that now. If you're hearing this during the quarantine, uh, you can find out about that. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Yeah, the sun just went down a little further. No longer, yeah, that moment has passed. Until next time. Uh, thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing, and for just being engaged with me and with us. Thank you. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.